Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric and Matt, and this is Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit, your beacon of freedom and the American way of life. Tune in every Friday for a new episode as we dive into the world of liberty and what makes our country great. We are back for another weekly episode, and we thought it would be really fun uh, to sort of have a year in review for 2020, and we'll talk about high and low points of 2020 for us personally, as uh, both as business owners and as just uh, people at large in general, and uh, talk about hopes for 2021 and uh, where we see ourselves uh, moving towards in that regard. Uh, before we get cracking too hard on today's podcast, I'd like to give a shout out to our podcast sponsor, Linton Thompson's White Gravy. Put a little taste of the South in your mouth. All the ladies go crazy for Linton's white gravy. It's so creamy. And it's so fine. Mm-hmm. All right. So, big thank you to Linton Thompson's white gravy. Now, uh, we're going to get into uh, today's podcast. And, and look, 2020 has been you know one heck of a year. And I, I think it goes without saying that a lot of folks have gone through a very trying time uh, a lot of folks are out of work. Uh, the COVID stuff has, uh, you know, really played a heck of a of a difficult role in a lot of people's lives. Uh, both people that have gotten sick and, in some cases, died, and people who have had their livelihoods uh, tremendously affected because of it. I mean, I guess let's just kind of go in order and and kind of start like around early January of uh, last year, twenty twenty. Uh, how did that start for us? I mean, how do you feel about the early part of the year? I mean, it had everything going for it. I mean, you had, you were just coming off SHOT Show. Everybody kind of was on a high. It, I mean, it was a great show we, we attended. We had a great time. You know, we talked to a lot of people. There was a lot of buzz about new stuff coming out and innovative stuff. And that was coming out of January. Uh, Ballistic Inc. as a company was still relatively young. I think it was only about uh, six months old at the time, if that. Um, everything was going great. Um, and then... January was good. Uh, February was, was pretty good as well. That first quarter, uh, we as, as a company, we saw some great improvements in revenue. The the customers really came out and showed their support for the content creators and um, really kind of spread that love around. And then you kind of ran into uh, the whole like COVID thing. And then all of us that went to SHOT Show were kind of like, oh, this... Everybody thought it was the SHOT Show crud, which is what it's notorious for. And then all of a sudden, you saw all of this uh, news information about Wuhan and COVID. And then we really had to start cracking down on certain procedures and stuff like that. And it 2020 has been a ball buster. I mean, uh, to say the least, it's it's been ups and downs and just things that we've never experienced before as a country um, with all the lockdowns and stuff. But, you know, just going off of like January and February, um, it's it's been an interesting ride. Yeah, you know, I think that the whole COVID thing caught a lot of people off guard. And I believe the other aspect of it too was that I believe it started making people sick a lot sooner than the government acknowledged. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at SHOT Show, uh, there's always that infamous SHOT Show crud. Yep. And uh, if you guys have never attended SHOT Show, uh, it's a large industry event for the firearms industry. 
and uh, all the different manufacturers bring all their newest and greatest stuff out and show off. And uh, it's really cool because, uh, you know, if you're within the industry, even minutely, uh, you get to walk around, check out all the new stuff. And in a lot of cases at SHOT Show, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a lot of the owners of the companies are out there and engineers. And it's really cool. You can literally pick the brains of the people that make uh, your favorite firearms, which is always cool. And in some cases, actually meet you know, the CEO of the company or something. Yeah. So it is interesting. You get to meet everyone because everyone's there. And the innovation is is definitely inspiring. Uh, when you see how many small mom-and-pop companies within the 2A are putting in really good work to develop uh, awesome products that we all, you know, know and love. And I remember uh, kind of going back to SHOT Show as well. Um, I met Ben over at Flux, mm-hmm. and uh, he introduced me to his prototype Flux, uh, brace and I was blown away by it. I thought it was the coolest thing. So there's definitely a lot of uh, innovations from the uh, small mom and pop companies that you can certainly appreciate um, how far that has gone. Like the whole brace thing, and I know that uh, not to to go too far ahead, but uh, you know here recently we, there's been a lot of stink over the braces with the ATF. But uh, January the fire was definitely hot and stoking, and lots of uh, I think that was the biggest. Um, innovation of 2020 was just how widespread the industry accepted the use of braces on a variety of different pistol designs and how far they took that concept uh, with many, many different SKUs, which was really cool. Getting back to the COVID part, um, you know, the reason I mentioned the SHOT Show crud, and that's what got me into that conversation just then about the, the show itself, but there's this thing called SHOT Show crud, and everyone gets sick. Right. Everybody. Some yeah. people get like a little bit of a cold. Some people get you know flu-like symptoms. But everyone at some point gets some form of the shot show crud. So, I mean, I know I can speak for myself when I say that you know we got home and I felt a little crummy, and Brandy felt a little crummy. As John I. felt a little crummy. Yeah, I was I was out. I mean, I sound like I smoked like. 30 packs of cigarettes and you just felt felt like crap so well, how do we know that that wasn't covid you really don't um i mean everybody kind of and i know people that have uh, been diagnosed with covid and it affects people different ways and that's kind of what you saw coming back from shot show was that everybody was kind of reporting back they're like oh you know i'm not feeling well but you know, everybody accepts it. The the demographic that's attending Shot Show is typically more of the the younger or mid middle aged demographic. So you're not you wouldn't see this huge uh, outbreak of just um, people that are high risk. Well, and you would expect for people to get the crud because they do every year. Oh yeah. So it's not like that was some kind of weird outlier. So I think a lot of people return from Shot Show and. Uh, you know, got back to into the swing of things a little bit. And I don't think COVID really started to affect people super negatively uh, until maybe around springtime. Mm-hmm. But lots of folks were really hating the shutdowns and, and the mask mandates. And, you know, there was definitely a time this summer and getting into summer where it, it got to a point for a lot of people where it was just getting to be a little much, right? You know, if a business owner wants to say, okay, you have to have a mask to come in my store, and that's my store policy for me doing business. You know, that's how I want to do business with people. You know, you can't exactly, you know, <clears throat> blame someone for wanting to run their business the way they want to run it. 
and I'm not blaming them for that. But I also can choose to, um, you know, not do business with that person if I want to. So I can take my money elsewhere and take my business elsewhere and vote with my feet. And I think that there's definitely a lot of people that took the whole mask thing a little bit too far. You know, I agree, especially when there was a lot of information put out where the CDC and other people, even Fauci himself, were saying, oh, well, don't worry about the mask so much because they don't really work all that great. And they they don't actually work against COVID anyway. Right. Like a standard white, you know, cloth mask, like a surgical mask. Yeah, that's not an N95 rated mask, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So, (laughs) you know, they, of course, backtracked on that. And we saw that this mass thing turned into much, much more than simply just, oh, well, we're trying to protect the elderly or protect the vulnerable. It, it became much more than that and continues to be much more than that because the way that they're approaching this whole thing is uh, in, in the Muslim world, you know, the masks have proven to remove uh, the person's identity, right? So, you know, they make female wear a mask because it removes their identity and makes them feel lower. And it's proven, you know, just scientifically that covering someone's face and removing their identity makes them feel lower than you and makes them feel like they're more subject to you. So I think a lot of that comes into play. They saw they the left primarily and especially a lot of these Democrat controlled uh, places where, you know, you look at all of this crazy mass mandates and the shutdowns, especially the shutdowns, because that's one of the important, you know, nut kicks of 2020 has been our businesses being shut down and things like that. But when you look at these Democrat governors and what they're doing in these jurisdictions with uh, mask mandates and mandatory shutdowns, they see an opportunity to use power and wield it. They're seizing as much power as they can while they can. And I agree with you 100%. I think where things kind of got blown out of proportion was was that there was a a group of um, citizens that – feel like if a if a business has a, a sign posted that says masks required to enter the business and do business then that doesn't apply to them that unfortunately is the that was the idea of the business owner they decided that's their business and that's how they want to do business then guess what guys let's respect that don't get that twisted with it's a government mandate that's different. So you, we can be as mad as we want against the government for initiating and instituting uh, a mask mandate. But if you go into, you know, a, a mom and pop business and they're an older, they've had the business for 30 years and they're 60 years old and they said, hey, we are here to serve our community, but we're high risk. Please wear a mask. That is not your cue to go in there and stomp around and say, you can't make me wear a mask. So that's where I see the the, the lines getting kind of blurred with, with some people. I agree. I think that, you know, if, a, if an at-risk uh, business owner wants to uh, dictate how they run their business, and if that means, hey, you can't enter here without a mask because whatever reason, uh, I think it's also the consumer's uh, right and ability to go, you know what, I don't want to wear effing mask. I'm not going to go and there. I'm not going to go and, and do business with that that's person. Right. And, and that's fine, right? Yep. Um you know, some businesses and it seems like this whole social distancing thing and you've seen like the directional aisles in the grocery store oh, yeah, it's a bit and the much. mask requirements and all this crap. And then, of course, the governor started weighing in and saying, oh, well, we got to have mandatory health guidelines and this and that and all of that. And for a while, maybe it seems like it was maybe a month and a half, a month or so in that ballpark. 
people were really trying to kind of adhere to that to a T. Because remember, it was the whole, oh, 15 days to slow the spread. You know, oh, um, self-quarantine, self-isolate, you know, stay home for two weeks. Well, that's easy for you to say, right? Oh, we'll stay home for two weeks. Yeah, when you don't have to put a kid through college, you got to run a business, you got to take the kids to school at the time, you know, kids were still going yeah. to school. And it's, it, it's just terrible that they ask you to put your whole life on, on hold. But you knew, and I knew, when they said 15 days to slow the spread, the first thing that came to my mind was, dude, a year from now, this is still going to be going on. And anytime you give them that power, they're going to wield it with an iron fist. Oh, yeah. And now that Biden and Harris, uh, we got a potential Biden and Harris administration. On the day that this podcast is being recorded, it is January 6th. So we're still in the in the weeds when it comes to the Trump-Biden paradigm. But uh, in a potential Biden-Harris administration, he's already said he wants to do a 100-day mandatory mask mandate. Right. Now, there's people that would obviously question the constitutionality of that, but it doesn't mean that he won't shut down the entire country for 100 days and bankrupt everybody. Well, yeah, and it's easy to it's easy for legislators to bankrupt people because their paycheck comes from the government. It, they could stay at home and still collect the check. It's the small business owners that get up every morning and have to face persecution from the local officials and face uh, persecution from the local police, you know, barring them from getting into their shop or their business um, that are really the the ones that are uh, at risk. Uh, because again, when you don't, when you're so far removed from your community and you don't actually have to wake up and go to work every morning, then it doesn't matter. You can institute it as long as a lockdown as you want to. Um, your your pay is not billable by how many hours that you have to clock at your shop. Well, the COVID thing has obviously, you know, caused all of us a ton of problems. I mean, you're a small business owner. I'm a small business owner. And we've taken tremendous financial hits, just like any other small business has. You look at the Amazons and the Walmarts of the world and, and the, uh, you know, the shipping industry and just the whole industry of moving, you know, things from one, you know, logistics and everything. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're booming because what are people d- doing? They're stuck at home. They're watching Netflix. They're um, ordering things on Amazon because they don't want to leave their house. So the billionaires of the world are getting rich while small business suffers. It's it's a tragedy, right, to see these small businesses that have to shut down. Many instances of small businesses all over the United States like there were some um, restaurants and bars in New York that had been open for over 50 years. They're like local staples of the neighborhood that they're open in have to close over all the COVID bullcrap. There's a whole list of restaurant owners in New York that are actually um, banning Andrew Como from eating at the restaurants for life. Good. Yeah. No, that's definitely. And they, and they should. Yeah. That's a good thing. Um, but also uh, that reminded me that. There, with Ballistic Ink, we use made in the USA t-shirts and hoodies. And as much as we can, we possibly possibly can, we try to use made in the USA items. That's with COVID, it's really put a hamper on it. And you would think, well, why does it do that? Because you're you're not import you're not importing anything. But all of the made in the USA manufacturers converted to making masks and PPE. So. Now there's a nationwide t-shirt shortage here in, in the U.S. Uh, because 
they're not importing items as fast as they were before. And that doesn't affect us because we use made in the USA products. But also now the manufacturers here in the US have to switch out. So they're making t-shirts for some of the time and then they're making PPE for some of the time. So um, what we're seeing is just a very long backlog of, you know, having to wait to order shirts. So when you're ordering, you know, 50 or 60 cases of shirts at a time to fulfill your orders, it takes a while for them to come in. So hopefully, you know, moving into 2021, they'll get everything squared away and they're not going to have these issues. It seems like, you know, not just the industry as a whole, but the U.S. as a whole is trying to find its stride on how to deal with it and how to how to live with it with the new normal. Um, and I think we're getting there. I think we are kind of all falling in line with certain things that we need to do. Yeah. And we made some, uh, you know, sort of pivots with man cans uh, and everything changed up our man can uh, subscription program considerably. And, uh, and we took a tremendous hit there. You know, we have our annual range day that we host every yeah. year. We weren't able to do our range day because of all of the restrictions and guidelines. And of course, companies, you know, not allowing their road reps to fly anywhere or travel, you know, so travel bans at a company-wide level. So we had to deal with that. So it's been a rough year in that regard. I haven't got to see as many of my fellow content creators as I would like to. Um, now, granted, I have, you know, gotten to see quite a few that I haven't seen in a long time, which is great. But I would say um, in an average year, I definitely do more co-op stuff with, uh, you know, cross-promotional stuff with other YouTubers, and I travel to go see other YouTubers more often. Right. Um, we also know that going into 2021, we're sitting here literally in January, we would normally be preparing to go to SHOT Show. Uh, SHOT Show 2021 was canceled as well. Mm -hmm. So this COVID thing has had a long-lasting impact that started around SHOT Show of January 2020. And of course, we see echoes of it now getting into 2021 with SHOT Show being canceled. Um, I, I've come to have a love-hate relationship with that show. You know, I do enjoy uh, seeing old friends and seeing some cool innovations and new stuff. Uh, but it is the drudgery, you know. By about the third or fourth day, you're uh, about ready to be done. You know, your feet are tired, and yeah, ugh. it's a. You guys work at a super high tempo, man. It's you know, lots of people will go there, you know, to browse the wares, but when you're going as a content creator to create content and do both, so it's just like your work, 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 work. It was a blistering pace, man. I had a hard time keeping up. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean that, but that's just what we have to do, you yeah, know, to put out the content. So. I would say um, on the end of YouTube content for Iraq Veteran 8888, and for those of you listening on the podcast that may not know, that's our YouTube channel. Um, I, I, I'm sure there are a small uh, subset of people that follow us just on the podcast and don't really uh, follow I'm you know, sure, yeah. the YouTube channel. But on Iraq Veteran 8888, you know, we produce uh, primarily gun-related content, and uh, we have uh, a few different series of things. You know, we've got Meltdowns, Five Guns. Uh, we've got a little series called Gun Gripes. We've got some how-tos, gunsmithing, you know, general kind of gun review stuff. So we really just dabble in a little bit of everything. We try to be really widely multifaceted. I would say in terms of how the channel ran in 2020, you know, the ammo shortage here near the end of the year definitely put a damper on the amount of videos that we could do and how often, you know, the frequency of the videos. Right. Uh, we did have some companies step in and, and be willing to help us with uh, procuring ammunition. Uh, I think Global Ordnance stepped in and sold us some ammo for a really respectable rate. Awesome. And our friends at Gun Zone Deals 
uh, stepped in to help us out with some ammo availability. Um, so we definitely have them to thank for that. But overall, I would say the content hasn't been too terrible, uh, terribly different uh, as opposed to previous years. We haven't done as many meltdown videos. Um, obviously, yeah. I've had a few people ask about that, and obviously the um, the ammo shortages uh, have have you know made it to where doing those types of videos can be a little tough. But we do have more meltdown videos planned. And in case you guys don't know, the meltdowns are where we take a, uh, a machine gun in full auto and we shoot it and change mags as quick as we can, and we try to get the gun to fail uh, from extreme heat. And in some cases, the guns catch on fire. It's really cool. You should yeah. check it out if you haven't. No, it's it's that's a great segment, and I think that's what really draws a lot of new viewers to the channel because they do see those meltdowns and they want to see how much torture a weapon can take. And it's surprising sometimes the the lower price items last significantly longer than you would think they would. Um, so with ballistic ink. One of the major hurdles that happened after the COVID epidemic was um, in June, June and July, uh, the Shopify decided to terminate our website. So this happened last year and they never really gave us a reason why. So they decided that they wanted to terminate our website Um and then they sent us an email, said, hey, your website is being terminated. And we went to check the website and instantly it was gone. And bank accounts, they didn't want it, they wouldn't process any more payments. So we had to really jump on it. Um, and we basically rebuilt our entire website and our entire catalog of items in, I mean, from the ground up in two weeks. Um, and at considerable expense. Yes. And it's not cheap. It's not. And it costs us a lot of money. Um, and I would probably say the best recommendation, I know that I know there's a lot of other, I've seen that happen to other content creators out there that use these bigger companies that are kind of like the all-in-one solution. I would say if you can keep your uh, website, we learned this the hard way and we fixed it, remedied it. If you can keep your website separate from your hosting, separate from your processing, um, I know it's a lot more work uh, on the back end to try to gather all this information, uh, like your analytics, your data, all of your processing, but you have total control. So if the if your domain provider is like, hey, we don't want you, we don't want to host your site, then great, just plug it into another domain and you're good to go. Same thing with the processor. We really got hammered by that, and we really never. Um, we never got back to a hundred percent after that. Cause we were just, we were smashing it. You guys were great. You know, we had great, uh, SEO. Um, and then you guys were really supporting the content creators. And after we were down for like two weeks, we, we definitely came back swinging, but it never really got back to the same, the same hundred percent. So, um, we're still out there trying to get, you know, to surpass where we were before. So hopefully 2021 is the year to do it. Well, and, and I also think that when you look at, you know, the amount of lack of business that we got at that point, that was also after this COVID pinch had really, excuse me, um, you know, gotten really crazy there for a while and lots of folks out of work, yep. you know, people not having as much disposable income. So that's why, like, when we, we saw man cans take a considerable hit in 2020, but I didn't really worry about it over overly much because I know that... You know, people work really hard for their money and with hours getting cut and then some people losing their jobs and stuff. 
I can't really complain, you know, with how, you know, we live on a regular basis when I know there's a lot of people that, yeah, they may not want to spend that extra couple of hundred bucks here and there. Yeah. Because there's other things they'd rather spend their money on or they have to spend their money on. I totally get that, right? So I think that merch and T-shirts are a very similar sort of thing. Um, I do want to pivot away from business um, a bit. I mean, look, I, I, I think it, I don't want to appear as being selfish, but I think it's just clear to say that everyone who's a small business owner hated 2020 and has had very similar t- experiences um, to what uh, Matt and I have uh, dealt with here. So I think it's just important to acknowledge that we've all went through a rough patch and our situations might be slightly unique. But not uh, we're not the only people it's happened to. You know, I you're agree, not alone. Yeah. If you're a small business owner who's suffered, uh, we're with you, right? We've all had a rough go of it, and uh, my heart definitely goes out to folks that have that have lost their livelihoods to this whole thing. So I think it's safe to say that's a chapter that we'd like to turn the page on and hopefully move <laughs> yeah. forward with. Yep. Now, personally, I think you know, um, just in terms of me as a guy and out in the world doing my thing, um, I mean. I guess we could pivot quickly to hunting. I mean, like this year, the hunting's been great. I've I've gotten to uh, you know because of COVID, I have got to spend a little more time in the woods than I normally would. Yeah, that's the that's the silver lining, which is good. And uh, we had a great year here at Deer Camp. Uh, we've got the best deer herd that we've ever had in the entire existence of this place. I think we've seen more bucks, more good bucks mm-hmm. than we have in the last five years on this property. Uh, we ended up feeding the deer this year over 3,600 pounds. I'm sorry, three tons. So we're yeah. talking six, uh, oh, almost 7,000 pounds of corn yep. Yep. that we have fed those deer this year. And I don't know what a whole gondola is, like a roll-off, but uh, we have been feeding these deer. They're healthy, and they're looking great. And uh, even the the, the small uh, fawns are looking really robust, yeah. looking really well-fed. Managing the herd. You yeah, know. so yep. we're, we're certainly managing the herd. Um, the deer hunting's been great, and uh, it has been wonderful. We've made a lot of improvements to the deer camp, so I'm real happy about that. And I think uh, one silver lining is that 2021 is going to be one heck of a year for deer hunting here. Oh, yes. And then you had opportunity this year. 2020 was a year for you to get out and get some hunting in. So I know we talked briefly in a few of the other podcasts about your hunting experience, but I mean, how'd that go for you? Well, um, it went great. 2020 proved to be um, the best hunting season I've ever had because it was the first hunting season that I ever had. So by default, it was the best. Uh, However, I will tell you that I have spoken with people when I was when I was kind of getting interested in, in hunting and I was talking to uh, other friends and they're like, well, you know, I've, there's some scenes I've been out and I haven't seen a single deer or, you know, I've been hunting for four years and I've only seen X amount of deer and they just, the opportunities aren't there. They're not getting those opportunities. So I was extremely blessed to be able to come to a deer camp and talk with um, and learn from experienced hunters and experienced hunters, not in a way of, you know, saying this is how you shoot a deer, but experience that they know how to set up the deer camp, how to manage the herd, how to feed the deer properly, how to control the environment to set you up for the best possible experience. Um, And we laid them down. 
<laughs> Dude, that first evening, it was like Charlie in the Woodline. You were over there like blasting the Viet Cong. It sounded yeah. like you were over there having a gunfight. Yeah, show that's up what, and there's three dead deer. That's what Roy said. Roy was Roy was like, "Oh, you missed the first two shots and you got him on the third shot." I was like, "No, I got three deer at the same time." <laughs> it was, I mean, it, it was absolutely amazing. And you know, the thing is, and then the second night I got two, but they didn't come out at the same time. But I took the I took the doe and then the buck walked out maybe 10 minutes later right before last light and the the doe was laying right there on the ground and he walked out like what's going on over here bam that's right he's dropped him right like a sack of potatoes yeah I mean the deer hunting has been fantastic and I've been super super happy with uh, the results and also uh 2020 we had our first annual shark fishing week uh down in Apalachicola uh Tim Peterson and Brownells and a few companies put together that, um, uh, well, also Hero Hunt. Uh, the folks at Hero Hunt, Brownells, Tim Peterson, myself, uh, we took a bunch of vets out uh, fishing, and it was so much fun. I took my boat down there, and we had a great time uh, in the West Pass and in the Apalachicola River. Um, you know, that time of year, I think it was around October, and uh, that's when the redfish are running really hard in the rivers and in the passes. And we just slayed some giant redfish. And it was so much fun to get out there and take the veterans out fishing. Uh, really, really enjoyed that. So I did get to spend a little bit more time in my boat this year than I normally do in an average year. So I have had some free time. And I think the COVID thing, um, the silver lining, or at least the light at the end of the tunnel to look at in, in regards to being out of work, is maybe take some of that opportunity to spend time with your family, spend time with your loved ones, get out, enjoy nature. Um, I, w- I will say that in terms of just industry in general, uh, whether small businesses or large businesses, not necessarily trying to say either or, I would, I would actually say both large and small business have seen a humongous boom in the outdoor market. Mm-hmm. because COVID has got a lot of people uh, secluded and sort of segregated from each other. Or if you're out of work, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to go ride my kayak in the river, or I'm going to go hiking or camping, or I'm going to go do some cowboy cooking or do something right outdoors. So um, I have seen that every type of shop that I've gone to that deals in outdoor gear, fishing, hunting, camping, any of that stuff they have seen a considerable upmark uh, this year compared to other years because of the nature of, of what it's making people do in terms of activities. Yeah, and if you guys have the opportunity just to, you know, get out, I know not everybody has has access to a deer camp, but even just camping out, um, it's therapeutic, especially right now. You're not really concerned with running into other people. And I'm not talking about car camping, guys. I mean, you, I'm talking about getting out there hiking. I mean, you can do the AT, you can do the approach trail. I know a couple of buddies and I, a couple of years ago, we did the approach trail and we got up to the top of the mountain and uh, we camped out right there on top of the mountain. Um, it's very therapeutic to get out and just get about and, and test your, test yourself. Cause everybody has the idea that camping is easy, but if you go off the beaten path and get away from the car and you're carrying what you have on your back, it's not that easy. It's more fun though. I think this year has also, or I should say last year, 2020, has seen uh, quite a few people um, get back on the the old axiom of uh, self-reliance. Mm-hmm. So you've seen a lot of people a doing ton, their own gardens, 
uh, doing their own canning, doing their own meal preparations, um, if not only to save money, but also to prepare, right? I mean, remember when all of the grocery store shelves were empty, people were buying toilet paper and hand sanitizer and all this crazy stuff, which, you know, you would think in the zombie apocalypse it would have been a little different, but apparently the zombie apocalypse, you need toilet paper to survive. Yes. Because people were buying the heck out of it. I think you've seen a lot of people uh, want to get back into self-reliance and growing their own food, hunting their own game, dressing their own animals out, canning, gardening, all of these things. Super, super important life skills whereby, you know, our ancestors long ago uh, all relied on these things as as common skills in everyday life. This wasn't some extracurricular thing that our ancestors did uh, simply because they wanted to. No, it was a common way of life to get out there and plant the garden and harvest animals and, you know, tan your own hides, make your own clothes. I mean, that was just commonplace back then. In fact, one of the oldest um, possessions from our family that I actually still have in the family is my great-grandmother's 1896 Singer sewing machine, and she used to make uh, my pops, well, my grandpa, uh, and all of the kids clothes on that sewing machine, and they would use old potato sacks. This was during the Great Depression, and they would use the old potato sacks with all the logos, and you know, some of them would have like cool little scenes on them <laughs> and little logos, and they would cut those potato sacks and make the kids' pants out where those logos were. So they'd be walking around with with logos from potato sacks uh, on their pants. That's awesome. You know, a very different time back then, but people are embracing uh, more of the old ways and trying to get back to simpler lifestyle because of of what this is. uh, COVID has forced people into that sort of a corner. So with with the uh, advent of, of COVID and we had, you know, we went over the first and the second quarters and the trials and tribulations of 2020. How did uh, how did you end the year on uh, with the channel? Well, I would say that in terms of the sort of year that we've had, I can't necessarily say that we ended on an incredibly sour note. I mean, here's the thing. I understand that lots of businesses have done very poorly, and we haven't exactly done as good as we'd like to do either. Uh, and I can definitely um, relate to that with a lot of people. But I do have to say, I was I was able to keep all of our guys, you know, paid all year on time, and I haven't missed paying anybody. You know, I was able to give the guys a cash bonus. Nice. You know, so I I can't really complain, right? You know, we we are very blessed and very lucky uh, to get to have the lifestyle that we have, and I owe everything to my fans who support the channel, and uh, not even necessarily just financially, right? Okay, yeah, there's people that buy t-shirts over there on Ballistic Inc., or they buy man cans, or they support us on Patreon, or, or whatever uh, manner in which they can directly uh, support us. Yeah, there's people that do that, and that's super important. I'm talking about just support in general. Um, COVID has had so many people home. Well, what do they do? They watch YouTube videos. So we've gotten a ton of new followers on our channel this year that are there because of COVID. They were bored, and maybe they... Um, Gosh, this huge influx that we saw with all the gun owners, uh, you know, new gun owners. Right, we have right. almost 8 million new gun owners now uh, than what we've had. So a huge influx in gun owners. And what are those people going to do? They're going to go research things. Uh, they're going to research their newest purchase. They're going to do market research and figure out what the best thing to buy is, right? So 
Yeah, um, we've seen a huge influx in viewership on the channel, and I can't really complain about that. We're healthy, uh, you know, I, I can't really complain there. And uh, things are generally okay. I mean, I, I can't really hate how the year went other than just seeing how negatively it's affected other people. You know, I, I definitely go out to those kind of people because it, it's, it's really tough to be in a situation where you're given your business, your entire everything, everything that you can do as a person. You're putting in 12, 14 hours a day. You're working hard. You're putting your money into it. And then some bureaucrat crap, bureaucrat, you'll get it right. <laughs> bureaucrat, bureaucrat, either one. You take pick which one you want. But some bureaucrat decides, oh, no. You're not essential. You can't open your business. Well, you better dang believe that that business is essential to whoever's running it because they got a family to feed. They got kids to put through school and they've got hopes and dreams and wants and needs just like any other person. So every business is essential. And I think that history, when it sees the situation that occurred this year with COVID and how it was handled, uh, I hope that they paint those people with the worst brush possible um, because, you know, you can't say how you would do something because you've never done it before, and, and there's got to be a first time for everything. But I believe that the bureaucrats really politicized COVID and continue to politicize. I mean, here it is, January 6, 2021. We're right here on the heels of a new year, and same type of things happening. They're wielding that power with an iron fist, and they're already pushing for 100 more days of lockdowns under Biden and Harris. So what happened to 15 days to slow to spread? 15 days is slow to spread. You're talking 100 days a year later. Right. I mean, at what point do you not realize, I mean, that this is a new normal. This is what they want because it equates to more control that they get over the populace. And at what point do you finally accept that, you know what, this probably ain't ever going away? Well, that and I I just read um, that they had the very first uh, case of the new highly contagious mutated COVID-19 or COVID strain here in Georgia. So that happened, I believe, either this morning or yesterday, um, where they actually had a confirmed case of the new strain. So that's going to be very interesting to see how they're doing that, because it's it's not coincidence that they're they're fear-mongering this like right when you have a Senate election runoff, right when you have a changing of the guard uh, with the with the president. So we'll see. We'll have to sit tight and see as far as um, how the year ended for Ballistic Inc. You know, we were we definitely were up. It was our uh, I think we we're a year and a half in. The Christmas was a little slow, but that's to be expected with everything that's happened with people. Um, you know, the, the money just isn't there. Like you said, T-shirts and merch, they're a nice to have, not a must have. So it's still amazing that, you know, we had so many supporters come out and support our content creators uh, that we work with. But guys, understand that there's a huge backlog with USPS. So you, you guys listening that ordered shirts... There are some rare cases that they're still in transit even right now. Um, USPS, I mean, they've been overwhelmed. They, up until this point, I know people knock them, but we use them exclusively. And for the most part, we've never had any issues with anything getting delivered. So I don't think we can just jump on their back right now during, you know, one of the most uh, extensive lockdown periods 
Uh, they're they're doing their best, and you know we can all we can do is try to support them. So this year definitely was not without its uh, set of pitfalls and setbacks, and I think we can all acknowledge that for everyone. And I think we're all happy to see 2020 uh, disappear and uh, go into the memory banks and maybe even forgotten about, hopefully. Uh, burn it. But uh, be that as it may, here we are in 2021. So this year has some prospects and more potential pitfalls. I mean, uh, for one, the Second Amendment is up for one heck of a battle under a potential, and I say potential, Biden-Harris administration because today is January 6th, and there's a lot going on in D.C. today. Uh, there's a Trump rally up there, and it's uh, a very electric environment still, and it's not exactly out of the woods yet. But I say that under a Biden and Harris administration, the Second Amendment is under attack from many, many different directions. Uh, their multifaceted gun plan is very, very bad, and they're looking to completely gut the Second Amendment and to gut the firearms community and the uh, manufacturing community, uh, and it's going to cost Thousands and thousands of jobs. It's going to cost millions and millions of dollars in revenue. Uh, and it's going to put a lot of people in the welfare line. You know what I mean? You're talking factory workers, assemblers, uh, people that work in the shipping department, people that answer the phones, secretaries, uh, engineers, uh, people that work in manufacturing, maintain the machines. I mean, you name it. All the way down the chain, it's going to affect a ton, thousands and thousands of Americans who rely on the firearms industry to make a living. It's going to take companies such as Brownells, who have been in business for a long time and have really uh, sort of revolutionized the way that people buy guns and ammunition and reloading supplies and gunsmithing supplies primarily uh, online, right? They've done a great job to take what started as a catalog company and bring them up to snuff with the uh, the new guys, right? So it's going to take all that innovation and all that growth from the firearms industry, and it's going to completely gut it. Uh, Biden and Harris's plan definitely involves trying to prevent the online sale of guns and ammunition, and it's going to put thousands of Americans out of business. Uh, you know, it, it's going to cost jobs. Yeah, and that's that's just starting off uh, 2021. So if we look at it, I know this is the beginning. It's, it's January. If that's what this, the two way community has to look forward to, it's going to be an uphill battle. And, and I know here in Georgia, um, you know, unfortunately it's going to be even worse just because most states would have, you know, uh, alternating, uh, house representatives or Senate seats. Uh, in this particular case, we don't. So it's going to be an uphill battle here. There's going to be a lot of legislation being hammered down uh, onto the people of Georgia. So if you're listening and you're from Georgia, be prepared. Uh, you probably will get some messages out there. I know Eric is very, very active in the community to get everybody out. And, you know, if we have to do some meetups at the uh, state house and let them know how we feel, then, you know, so be it. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, it's a pretty scary environment. Um, I wish that I could say that 2021 is going to be better. I really do. But the fact of the matter is, I just don't think it's going to be. I think that this mask bullshit is going to keep going. Pardon my French. Yep, it's not but going mask, anywhere, though. You're right. This mask crap is going to keep going. Uh, the lockdowns are going to keep going, and especially in the Democrat-controlled areas. They're going to continue to pound small business owners into submission. I strongly believe that the Democrats hate the middle class. 
They can't stand the middle class, right? They want either the people that are in the club on the ivory tower, or they want the people all the way down on the bottom that they can buy with $2,000 checks and welfare and all the free stuff. It's terrible. I mean, when you look at this recent uh, Senate runoff, which was literally just yesterday, today's January 6, 2021, uh, when you looked at the Senate runoff, Biden, in one of his last speeches, said three separate times, oh, yeah, vote for Ossoff and Warnock, and, and you'll get two, a $2,000 check in the mail. Yep, he said vote blue, get your $2,000 check. Yeah, vote, vote blue and get your $2,000 check. Well, they might as well be saying vote blue and get your free collar and, and, and slave chains because that's what they want. They know that someone that is subjugated is someone that's pacified. America is not full of people that are easily pacified. We're the kind of people that we pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and we get out there and we make things happen. We earn a living. We do good things for our family and for our communities and for our country. And we empower people and we create jobs. Right. We get out there and we use our wisdom and our logic and our and our guts and we make things happen. And they despise people who think for themselves. They despise people who want to help others pull themselves up out of the situations that they're in. They despise people that want to work hard. Their platform relies on ignorance and dependency. And if they can keep you dependent on them and keep you ignorant of what they're doing to you or want to do to you then they've got you right where they want you. And I think that's the difficulty, you know. Never mind, oh gosh, we could even get into the the validity of the Dominion voting systems fiasco. I mean, a lot of us are not happy with the presidential election results, but if it were legit and all of the votes were 110% legit, hey, I don't want anyone's voice being shattered over this, right? Just because I want my candidate to win doesn't mean I want someone to not be able to vote and cast their ballot legally and legitimately, right? The issue is, is when we start talking about ballots that were not legitimately cast, ballot harvesting, you know, incorrect signature matches, uh, people that aren't registered to vote. In Pennsylvania alone, okay, there was like some 200,000 votes more than people that were registered to vote. I mean, just stuff that's really fishy, right? And you yeah. look at election night and how Trump was ahead in so many different states. Okay. And then all of a sudden, oh, oh we found, you know, some duffel bags full of votes. Oh, and by the way, these ballots here don't even have creases in them where they were never even mailed. And I don't think anybody's buying that. Right. So, and you look at the, the Senate runoff. How do we know that that wasn't illegitimate? How do we know that they didn't cheat there? So, well, these are the questions we have to think of. That's that's a great point. And um, I know Project Veritas just dropped uh, a video regarding the Georgia Senate, Senate runoff election. And there was this big push. You probably saw it on uh, Twitter or uh, other uh, social media where people from out of state were encouraging people to come to Georgia and vote. Uh, and logically, you're thinking, well, you can't do that because you have to show an ID here in Georgia. It, it is a state that requires an ID, and you have to show the ID, and you have to vote in district. Um, however, the video clip shows people registering at very, very large and well-known homeless shelters here in Atlanta. So there's a big one on 201 Prior Street, downtown Atlanta. And you have another one called uh, House Emanuel. 
And basically, if you're homeless, you can register that as your address and get a Georgia ID with it. And that's what they're finding is that all of these mail-in ballots showed up at these places. And the, the people that are running these houses are, they have like thousands of ballots that arrived. And they say, well, what is this? Well, this is people that came from out of state that registered here that are going to vote in in the Georgia election. And, and, and the intricacy of how all of this works is enough to make you break out your tinfoil hat. But obviously, there are breadcrumbs there that makes it's undeniable. There are breadcrumbs, and there are certainly um, causes for concern. Yes, and I'm one of those people that you know I, I always question everything. Okay, and uh, let, let's say that the results of the election went the opposite direction, and say that there was some you know uh, mass accusations of fraud, but my candidate happened to win. Well, it happened with Stacey Abrams. Yeah. Precisely. Well, I didn't vote for state. Well, Gabriel. yes, but that's the same scenario. But it's yeah. the same scenario, right? You know, you still have to wonder, you know, I don't want anyone cheating. I don't care if they're R or D or an I or whoever, because I want to respect the, the sanctity of what we've trying to create here. Yes. I mean, our founding fathers left us a very clear and concise way uh, to balance the scales of power in the direction that people want. It's a constitutional republic. It's not a democracy, okay? Uh, democracy gives you mob rule, and mob rule gives you chaos. And, you know, it's terrible. So when we look at the way all of this has panned out, I just don't trust the system. And uh, and I think that I probably represent a lot of people when I say that I don't trust the elections, and I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. And I certainly don't trust the, what they have uh, planned for America. I think it's terrible. And it's going to you know, set us back a long time. And dare I say, in some cases, you know, we could even find ourselves uh, in a potentially uh, kinetic environment, if you will. There has never been in the modern time, there has never been a more fragile time period than right now. It is a... Loaded tender box you had. And I've, I mean, I'm looking across the board and, you know, if you look back six months ago, you'd like, no, there's no way anything could ever happen. We are uh, a first world country and we is understanding and people are going to understand and talk it out. But now it's, I mean, it is really, really starting to heat up and you're starting to see a lot of people do things that aren't logical because what's happening isn't logical. So you're looking at it and and it's just an interesting, interesting time. Um, but enough of the, uh, the Debbie Downer. I understand that, hey, you know, it, it sucks. The situation sucks. But Eric... Where is the channel going for 2021? This is the million-dollar question. This is what everybody wants to All know. All right. So, um, you know, we, we've gotten almost two and a half million subscribers on YouTube. Awesome. The channel's doing good, and we've got a lot of subscribers. We've been seen by almost 700 million people. So, mm -hmm. quite the viewership there. I mean, the channel is growing. Um, there has been some shadow banning and a little bit of negative connotations to, you know, what they're doing on the back end to blacklist me in some areas, but we're still growing uh, really well. Gun Gripes is in its ninth year. Which is a podcast as well. You guys scrape the audio and, and put it in podcast form, so if you can't catch that, you can 
catch it in audio pod in audio form. Excellent, Matt. I was actually going to mention some of the gun gripes. You know, are only ten minutes long, so it's it's short to be podcast form. But uh, we wanted to put the gun gripes up uh, on the on the podcast as well, so people could access those. Some of the po- uh, the gun gripes are a little bit longer form, you mm-hmm. know, and I would say long form is being like maybe 20, 30 minutes. Which is long for gun gripes. Which is long for gun gripes, and it's long for a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. I mean, 30 minutes for something that's not a documentary or movie on YouTube, it's a pretty long video. So some of our content is longer form. Um, I'll say 2021 is going to hold some really cool things. Uh, we are, we are going to do more Meltdown videos. You guys are going to love those. We're going to continue fighting hard for the Second Amendment. Uh, with gun gripes and really, um, you know, hitting the political bell as hard as we can. Uh, we are going to do some more short form stuff. I know a lot of our videos are relatively long form. Uh, we try not to get too crazy on the length, but I do try to keep it pretty reasonable. Um, you know, because I know people are busy and they've got their uh, modern busy lifestyles and, you know, they, they don't always have time to sit down and watch a 30 minute YouTube video. I get that. Um, and also, I'll say that 2021. Our guitar channel, Guitarsonal, uh, if you guys haven't seen it, I've got a music gear channel, and we do all kind of music gear reviews, um, effects pedals, uh, amplifiers. Uh, we do a few little basic lessons things, uh, sort of some theory things, a um, little bit of general um, fooling around with guitars and stuff. It's just, it's a great channel, and we're wanting to put a lot of genuine effort into Guitarsonal this year. I might even attend my first NAM show. Okay. All right, so if you guys don't know, okay, uh, NAM is like the music version of SHOT Show. So they do NAM though, two times a year. You've got a winter NAM and you've got a summer NAM, right? So they do one towards the end of the year and one towards the beginning because the product development in the music industry is so fast paced and there's so much innovation occurring so quickly. And because there's so many new SKUs that come out. They do them twice a year just so people can show off new things two times a year. And I believe one of them's in Anaheim, California, and the other one's in Las Vegas or something like that. I think they they do like, I don't want to say East and West Coast, but I think they, I believe NAM is held in two separate locations. And okay. that way, some people can travel closer to the summer NAM versus the winter NAM. Hopefully, I'm not wrong on that, but they I believe it's two separate locations. Someone will fact check us in the comments. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> but I, I do want to attend NAM, and we're putting a lot of time into the music channel. And, of course, we're sustaining things really well on the gun channel. And, um, you know, I, I, I remain cautiously optimistic that things are going to go well for us, uh, that life is going to go on. Um, you know, Brandy and I are in our... 12th year of marriage or 11th year of marriage? Well, she's oh, me boy. <laughs> yeah, that's the wrong but, answer. But, but look, you know, I'm, I'm happily married. I'm living life. I mean, uh, I'm doing fun things and uh, and I'm out hunting and fishing. And yeah, I love the outdoors. So I'm able to, to be in my element. And uh, and hell, I'm above ground. Yep. On your own two feet. I'm on your on own, own power. two feet for now. <laughs> so, uh, well, almost fell out of that damn deer stand. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, as long as I can, you know, not fall out of a deer stand, I think I'll I'll stick around another year. Right on. Yeah, I mean, Ballistic Inc. has some great stuff planned for 2021. Um, we're adding a ton of new designs. We have some new designers on board that are putting out some great designs. We're going to add some additional products to the website. So, you know, those that are uh, maybe you don't need any shirts or you don't need any hats, but you're looking for some cool like web gear stuff that, you know, 
necessarily uh, you would need or you use on a daily basis. Uh, great companies were, again, always looking to keep it made in the USA. And there's some really, really great options out there that are good within the two-way community. So we try to help the community, whether you're a vendor or a manufacturer, if you're heavily involved in the community, then we, yes, we want to reach out and we want to, we want to work with you as well. We've also teamed up with a couple of uh, cosmetics companies. So you'll start seeing some more soaps yes. and uh, bath bombs and beard oils and things yep. like that as well. And, and those so, are made in the U.S. Uh, yes, as absolutely. well. Absolutely. Uh, one of the companies that comes to mind, Match Grade Soap Company. Great soap. Oh, yeah. Great, great soap. We really uh, like working with them. And the one that we did, the uh, Cherry Almond one. Oh, man. That's it, oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Cherry Bomb. Is Cherry Bomb called. is it. And they have another one, uh, Fairy Dust. This program, that one's a little bit girl. I gave that to Lisa, but the cherry bomb, it's, it's phenomenal. All in all, I think, um, we will end today's podcast. I'll just say that, um, you know, it's going to be okay, guys. I mean, just support each other, right? We got to be there to support each other, um, both mentally and physically and fiscally in any way we can, you know, put your money with good people. If you are going to spend money, spend money with somebody that's a good guy and, or, or lady, and, and that supports your way of life that's and your right. rights. Uh, I think that's important for gun owners to vote with their feet and to put their money uh, with companies that support their way of life. And for us as people to look inside ourselves a little bit more, you know, we, we have this uh, sort of ulterior view of the world around us, but sometimes it's important to kind of look in yourself a little bit and, and just ask yourself what really makes you happy in life. And you know, it's. Uh, I know that money is an is an end construct to that. You know, we have to make money to, you know, partake of certain things. I get that, but um, I think one thing that COVID has probably taught us uh, not to ring that bell. But we are still engaged in this COVID battle. But one thing that COVID has taught us is to spend time with our families and to not rely on other people as much. And it doesn't mean that you can't go and hang out with people. I certainly don't mean that, but. It's taught us to be self-sufficient a little more. And that maybe that tiny microcosm of it is not entirely a bad thing. I think what 2021 is going to bring for me is just uh, trying to kind of find myself a little more and trying to grow as a person, both professionally and uh, and uh, educationally. You know, I want to learn more. I, I want to read more. Um, I want to study more law. And try to you know learn as much about our law and, and our constitution as possible. I mean, for me, it's just that's how I feel like I can serve the community the best is just by uh, being engaged in the Second Amendment and and trying to uh, find every corner I can cut to to help. That's right. Yeah, and you know, same thing. You know, we try to work with the community as much as possible. I know definitely um, helping you guys out at the channel is uh, one of the milestones that we look forward to, and working with you guys regularly. Um, it not just puts us out there as a company, but it also lets us know that we're contributing to the community because you do a ton of advocacy work, and I honestly don't know um, any other content creator that puts their neck out as much as you do. And I'm sure there are some, but not that I know personally. Well, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate all of our listeners, guys. Tune in every Friday here on Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit for a new podcast. Um, go through and leave us a nice comment and rating. We'd really appreciate that. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Remember, every week, every uh, Friday here. And uh, tune back in. We'll be here uh, if you guys are. And... We'll uh, keep on stabbing away at life. That's all we can do. And we will see you next week. Bye, everybody.
Thanks for listening to Life, Liberty, and Pursuit. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else podcasts are found. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate that. You can support us over on Ballistic Inc. by picking yourself up some merch. And remember, guys, dangerous freedom. Have a good one.